Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Hollywood Trent here, and it's wonderful to have your company today for episode two, three, six. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at the Suicide Squad, and then we jump into show and tell. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. (laughs) Frank. What is that? That's from Free Guy. Free Guy. No, okay, right. Well, you're using one movie quote yeah, in a yeah, review about another movie. Yeah, because it's such a good movie. movie. Okay. <laughs> we have Frank here. Yeah, that's me. Darren. Thank you, everyone. Um, it's good to be here with you. And our good friend from the Geek Dudes podcast. Hey, hey, it's a podcast. Mr. Chris Fresh. Yeah. Hello there. I am your guest, Chris Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. From the isolation of lockdown number 205 <laughs> yeah uh, it's um we're doomed we're never getting out um it's i uh, look it, it is what it is i am double vaxxed so yeah. um i've done my bit to sort of try and get things moving here and um fingers crossed that this time next year we will finally get our way over to adelaide to hang out but, oh um, won't there be cl- yeah we we all hope these <laughs> uh yeah the world is a little bit uh better off next year for sure and the amount of man love we'll be able to get up to with those double vax <laughs> you, you you won't be you'll be double vaxxed and double waxed when you come over here no Always. eyebrows and no downstairs either so you, you can't you can't wear a kilt and not you know that's right that's yeah. right yeah well that's fantastic to have you on board chris um because Darren, we're, Darren has um, missed Suicide Squad, so we've we've brought in the big guns. Wouldn't say I've missed it; I just haven't seen it. yet. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> he is gonna see it, but we're able to do full spoiler reviews, so we're gonna get straight into it in a minute. May the force be with you. Live man say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. And normally we'd start this off with a box office number. It's a little hard is to it, do. Is it odd these days? Like, so this is a. Oh uh, well, I mean, there is there is a number. There's a number, but I don't know how. Re- like, well, because it's out on HBO. It's a, it's HBO. Yeah, yeah. correct. I mean, well, now is that you can't get it here, can right. you, Darren? Otherwise, you would have probably seen it. Um, uh, you you can. Right. Yeah, you I was able to, to to help <laughs> HBO help me out as well. So yeah, you, you have to be able to sail troubled waters. Um, <laughs> to be able to check it out because would you believe look, true story I had my tickets booked to go see it um, I'm a night shift worker so I was booked in for 10.30am on Friday and 8pm on Thursday Melbourne went into lockdown oh gee <laughs> so I, I missed out but I sort of viewed it as I did legitimately make a genuine attempt um, to give them my money <laughs> to be able to see the movie. And the problem 
we sort of face is like I read the tea leaves and it was this is going to go for a while our lockdown here in Melbourne. Yeah. Be- because there's no legal way of obtaining it, you just and Darren would probably attest to this to duck spoilers for a couple of days is possible. Mm. To duck spoilers for, for two weeks, weeks. <laughs> Im- impossible. You can't, like no. a month maybe. Like you know, who knows? Um, and I've had some people sort of they're lucky, but you know they missed Snake Eyes in the cinemas because it came and went so quick. Yep. Yeah. Like you'd think cinemas would just hang on to movies for as long as they could at the moment. But, you would. Um, so yeah, I, I I just had to sort of take my take my chance. I didn't want to watch it at home. I wanted to sort of see it on the big screen at the movies, but it just is what it is. Yeah, that, that spoiler thing, we've got a, a page on our Discord, as you'd know, Fresh, on the spoiler page. And I just can't help it. I've got a bit of OCD. I've got to click on it because otherwise it shows up as unread. So I clicked on it and then uh, there was a post from Ben saying, oh, I can't believe they pretty much killed everyone in that beach sequence. Um, <laughs> you saw that before uh, you saw the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was something like, and then I saw a post I saw a post from someone saying, so I know now why they put out those toys yeah. and not the other toys. Uh, yes. And I'm like, okay, so anyone without a toy dies. <laughs> Where's my javelin toy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you are right with the, with um, Toy Power. For those that don't know, if you join them as a Patreon, you get access to their Discord, where there's awesome chat, not just about toys, but all sorts of geeky stuff. But it lights up on the left when there's new posts, and I'm like Trent. I'm completely OCD. Yeah. I can't rest <laughs> till everything's been seen, even if I'm not interested in it. I have to have a look. Yeah, <laughs> must click. Yes, yeah, so I managed to get down to the Lux in Tea Tree Plaza, mm. which is a very fancy experience dining options yes i managed to order a milkshake to come out um i said just send it to me after they've wiped after out everybody half, dies yeah, yeah yeah pretty much half the suicide squad <laughs> and it came out in the first minute um <laughs> but it was it was very very enjoyable because we yeah. were really spaced out wonderful cinema experience just you or you went with leanne? i just no yep. or what have kids I just, there's no way i can get to the cinema with leanne these days but no i just went by myself um, did a little little bit of uh, sneaky shopping beforehand Ooh. at the TTP. I may have picked up some uh, vintage Ninja Turtles, that sort of thing. Um, but well, no. I've been best that you got down there on your own. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, that's, that's the benefit, going down there solo. But no, really, really cool experience. And mid-pandemic and, and you yep. know, with masks on and all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, really quite enjoyable. Yeah, no, that was actually the same... No, it wasn't the same venue we went to. That's where I would normally go. But uh, my wife and I were fortunate enough to um, pass the kid off to uh, grandma for the evening. And we, uh, as part of her birthday celebrations, went into the city and had a date night and got to see it at the, um, was it the Novotel? The, the Palace Nova. Palace Nova, yep. sorry. Yep. Uh, Palace Nova is the biggest screen um, in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, yeah. And take a drink in there and stuff. So, yeah, it was uh, awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's great. It's cinema in there. We we decided to watch it at home, and then we went to the Lux and saw Free Guy. Nice. So yeah. uh, that's the way we uh, travelled. And uh, to this point, my wife, a uh, big Nathan Fillion fan and things, and she was pissed. <laughs> she was so angry that he got knocked off within the first like two minutes or something because all the trailers and things show those characters. If you watch them quite closely, yeah, you, they they're the most um you know front prominent. of screen and prominent and things. Who, and who does see. Nathan Fillion play? TDK, the one without yeah. the arms that throws. Exactly, this. and and when, yeah, as soon yeah. as you know that, as soon, if you if you did your homework and went, who's this TDK character? Which I'm sure a lot of people didn't know yeah. who that was. You go, oh, his superpower is his arms come off. You go. 
right, he's going to die. <laughs> like, it's simple as that, right? Like, yeah. Well, it fooled, it fooled someone, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so... So for those interested, we talked about money before. It has to date made $121 million at the box office, so not too okay. not too shabby. I- Interestingly, normally it sort of flips. They class it here as domestic and international, domestic being the U.S. market. The international market is actually 60% of that yeah, yeah. as opposed to the yeah. U.S., which who knows what's happening with the U.S. What um, did it cost to make? Uh, very good question. It was a big budget film. I'd, I'd be surprised... If there was any change out of a hundred mil, King Shark in particular looked amazing. Looked so good. that that there's a lot of yeah. money that would have been poured into so that. The, the the thing with this the thing, like when you hear about those stats, I guess is the big question is how does Warner Brothers quantify its value to HBO Max? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you know they were willing to let the Snyder Cut not touch the cinema and use it to drive subscribers to HBO Max. You know putting Suicide Squad on there, it, it's almost funny because it's like suicide for the movie at the box <laughs> office. Yeah. Because um, I believe in America, just to put things in perspective, in opening week, it only made $4 million more than Mortal Kombat. Yes. And Oof. before the geeks come out at me with pitchforks, <laughs> I'm not saying there was anything wrong with Mortal Kombat. You know, I had a lot of fun watching it. But that's a small movie yeah. made in Adelaide yeah. Yeah. where this is a big blockbuster James Gunn made DC movie we're talking two totally different um two stratospheres and yeah. look at look and at all the actors in it as well all the yeah. big names mm. like let, let alone the ones that died but you know <laughs> yeah and the other thing that popped in my head was we've we've just heard of Scarlett Johansson suing Disney over the profit sharing and stuff between um, Black Widow going on Disney Plus and it killing it at the box office I wonder what the actors of Suicide Squad had in place because that's even worse. HBO Max don't charge you $30 to watch it on there. It's free. Right. So so your only incentive in America to go see it at the cinema was, I want the cinema experience. If, If not, you know, you've just got a streaming service subscription to be able to watch it at home. It's like... All these things, are, like we'll get to the important fun stuff in a minute, but all these things are game changer moments in movie history that I think that we're seeing. I think they because, are. Because I can't, it's going to be very hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube <laughs> if people get used to not going to theatres and paying a billion dollars for food. Yeah. You know, and as you, like Trent, you know, you had to go by yourself because it's impossible to get out without the kids. You know, it's, you know, or Frank, you know, you have to drop the kids off with grandma, you know, mm. the grandparent, you know, it's same with me. Like I have to go during the day while the kids are at school yeah. Yeah. or, you know, it's not happening. So if people have the option to watch it at home and they've now got affordable 75 inch, 85 inch now TVs that you can have at home and decent sound systems, I think people are going to start taking that option. Yep. I prefer the cinema. I'm an old romantic yep. with that. Like, I love going to the movies. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going to view it very differently. I think the other thing is the major studios like Warner, like um, Disney, are going to get very addicted to not having to share the profits, not only with their uh, talent in Scarlett Johansson, but not with any of the cinema chains either. Mm. That's yep. going to be highly addictive. Well, my, my favourite director at the moment, Denise Villeneuve, who's got Dune coming out, and that mm. got postponed, put out, you know, and, and this is 
cinematic, right? Mm. You know, he's a he's a director who's put a lot into the scope and the breadth of this film. Um, it's based on one of the science fiction classic pieces yep. of literature, and he likened watching this in your home to driving a speedboat in your bathtub. Now, <laughs> that, and that's sort of saying something. So here's yeah, the yeah, here's yeah. the director of of these films that are big in scope and deserve to be seen that were made for cinema and we're watching these and and june has been pushed back pretty much a year to get a cinema release Mm. um and you know we're passing that up to watch it at home i also think though you've you've got generations of kids now who they're used to watching things on their phone on a small screen. And so (laughs) that sort of thing doesn't phase them Mm -hmm. as much because they're more familiar with a little, you know, five, six inch screen than they are the, you know, big massive screens that that we're used to. So, I mean, I I bet you if you talk to half the kids these days and just go, oh, let's go to the drive-in, they'll go, what the hell's a drive-in? Yeah, Like to them, it would be an inferior experience, I feel. I I do... Sorry, Fresh. I do prefer the cinema because I will put my phone away and yep. not even look at it. Whereas yep. if I'm at home, any mm. dead air, bang, I'm looking at my phone. Bang, my phone will go off because there's a message. Bang, there's something happening yep. on my phone or whatever and I instantly pick it up. Yep. Or it just lights up on silence. So I'll look at it. You know mm. what I mean? But at the cinema, it is in my back pocket, not even you know yeah, in so any uh, distance uh, f- from sight, so to speak. Yeah, I'm the phone police as well. Like I won't, I won't tolerate talking. I won't tolerate phones when you're in the movies. And you're right, when you're at home, you can't help it. But um, Trent, what you were saying about June is, you know, I think he was pretty much insisting that it be a cinema experience. You've got to be careful because Christopher Nolan and Tenet, he got a lot of blowback from people going, mm-hmm. "You're trying to force us into a cinema." Yep. during a pandemic and we're not ready. And I actually think that really affected Tennant and it affected the view of Christopher Nolan in a lot of people's eyes because they were like, he's thinking of his art (laughs) and not thinking of the real world. Yes, safety. yeah. And look, there's something to say to that, but, you know, at the end of the day, all right, mate, well, push your movie back three or four years when the pandemic is, <laughs> you know, if, if it's going to be that important to you. But, you know, I, we just saw a trailer for Eternals and I was like, please be, let us be out of lockdown. I do not want to see this yeah. pretty movie yeah. <laughs> at home. But, you know, it, we, we also have to adjust with the times. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Mm. All right. So let's get into Suicide Squad proper. Now, I, I can I start us off right, please. Like and and so this movie opens with uh, an operation, right? It's a Suicide Squad. If you're familiar with, if you've seen the first movie or you've read the comics, you know what it's about. It's a elite kind of op- operations, black ops team, black ops team yep. off the books, but they're comprised predominantly of criminals, right? And they get a reduced sentence if they can get the mission complete, right? Knock ten years off the the sentence. And survive. And survive. (laughs) They're they're, they're implanted with a a detonator in the back of the neck. Now, the old adage, if you're in the play business or the the theatre business, right, Mm. and you take a gun on set, that gun has to be used, right? Never A gun never comes on set if it's not used. And it's the same with this uh, chip in the brain. Mm. <laughs> there is no way you're going this whole movie without an exploding head, particularly in James Gunn's world. I just didn't think it'd be Michael Rooker, to be honest. Like, uh, with some of the others that are there, I was like, kill that javelin dude, any of the other Mongol or whatever it was. Um, the, one of the more recognisable yeah. faces, aside from Harley Quinn, who you knew was never going to die, 
They they picked Michael Rooker, who's obviously a good buddy with um, James Gunn after the Guardians movies. I was quite surprised by that. And, yeah. and they spent a lot of time in the uh, you know jail cell with him, like yeah, building him built, up. Built, and, and a bit of backstory. I was even. yeah. Again, my wife was very surprised to see him go. Mm. Uh, but what about uh, is it the weasel? How he like? <laughs> did anyone check did if Weasel can swim? swim. <laughs> he just that drowns. He's licking windows. He's not dangerous. Oh well, actually, he is. He killed twelve kids. But you know, he, like, just oh, just but, you know, this is all within the first five ten minutes. But essentially, like, wow. So, so for that point, they introduced the Suicide Squad, mm. which is it's a it's a throwaway Suicide Squad, sure. right? So, mm. the, you know, you've got the 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 Michael Rooker character, you've got the Weasel, you've got the Javelin, you've got the detachable kid Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Um, and they all go oh, in and on Boomerang this, Captain Boomerang yeah, yeah, from the yeah, first yeah. film yep. Yep. they go on a mission and, and they all get killed and they all get killed in very very violent you know well, there was a heli- there was a uh, I don't know the name Helic- of the, helicopter crash helicopter crash yep. and, and you know Boomerang got impaled a hundred yep. times um, the head explosion yep um, I, feel, I feel like this is the sort of thing that James Gunn might have wanted to do on the Guardians film, but Disney just went, nope. W- wasn't allowed. Yeah, and now this time he's like, all right, let's just unleash. It's it's a Suicide Squad film, sure. R rating. Go and, for it. and of course, Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn are the two, only the two, two that, that survive. survive that. Yeah. But this is the start, and he does this a number of times throughout the film, where he, he kind of you know puts the film in a direction, and then, you know... Oh, I'm gonna pull this pull, rug, yeah. and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get you with a you know a how, <laughs> how how sneaky was that? And I think it for me, you know, it, it's it's fun to do that once or twice, but when your whole film is those sort of moments where you're trying to trick the audience, I just found it got very it annoyed me mm. by the end of it. By by the, by the time he did it for the fifth time, that kind of annoyed me and it's like well there's a reason why filmmakers don't tell a story this way traditionally Mm. yeah but i i think suicide squad is the sort of movie if anything that can get away with it in the the fun of the movie in some ways is they will take out big guns at the start of the movie and you go all right i'm off kilter already i i don't know I, I don't know where I am. And as you're saying, Trent, you think you're going to recalibrate and then bang, they're going to do it again. And I think it's a, a style of storytelling with a movie like Suicide Squad where it's like how much of this movie is going to live up to its name because you felt when you were watching it, it's a one and done. Mm. So anybody was going to go, I felt, except for probably Harley. Yep. You know, I, I think they know that they've got money in Margot Robbie and they'll hang on to her contractually for as long <laughs> as humanly possible. But, you know, everybody else I thought was going to be fair game and they were going to toy with that as much as they could. I personally wasn't too bothered by it. You know, um, I like when, as you guys were saying, it reveals that there's another suicide squad on the other side of the beach, <laughs> the real suicide yeah, yeah. squad after the first one sort of all gets wiped out and you know they have to essentially go rescue rick flag who's been captured (laughs) and we get this awesome action sequence of them taking out this village (laughs) and destroying it and you've got the great gag of they get there and he's not captured at all (laughs) 
They were the good guys. <laughs> they were the good guys. <laughs> and this, they were the rebels. Yeah. 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 This this group of pricks of <laughs> <laughs> typical have Americans, just, like yeah, have just done that. Um, but like, I I think you know you draw comparisons with the first Suicide Squad, and I you can't help but think you know Idris Elba's character was so I I felt was so much more likable than Will Smith's. Oh, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, yep. Yep. Deathstroke. He played it so well. The first movie. Mm. Yeah. Without over, I know. overdoing the sympathy. You know, like, you, he didn't need a daughter, you know. I mean, they put the daughter in because it's a nice, quick way to get a few sympathy points. Mm. But I felt they, they just played that too much in the first one. Yep. Um, mm. And this was just, he, he had a charisma that carried him as a character and, and a bit yeah. of that duality. Well, I like yep. the I like yep. the in-between scenes, like on the bus when Ratcatcher's t- told her sort of backstory and then, you know, you can see that strike a chord with, with Idris Elba because, in my opinion, as much as I like Will Smith, Idris is a superior actor yep. for mine. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, and so I thought that immediately humanised him. Then there's the bit of byplay between him and Peacemaker where they're trying to just, you know, one-up each other and more kills and all this sorts of yep. stuff. Like, he yep. was just... It was a more rounded character I, I still feel like it was originally written for will smith's character i mean a, a a black mercenary who's great with a gun and got a, a troubled daughter that's pretty much identical pretty much. to <laughs> yes. to to will smith's character but you know i thought idris did it uh, did it better to be honest and also i've got to shout out uh, blood sport had the wickedest helmet a very yeah. um yeah. you know hr geiger alien inspired with that mask and I was came out of that cinema. I'm like, man, I'm going to go buy that toy. Like, <laughs> I am going to go, McFarlane. You've already got my money. I just need to, you know, place a order with you. And the toy from McFarlane has like orange all down the uh, base of it. Like, it's really badly coloured. I'm sure the sculpting is there, but the actual, you know, colour factory colour is terrible. And the only way to fix that is get someone to custom paint it for you. So therefore, you've the only option I've got is hot toys, and I'm not spending money on a hot toys. Uh, so I was a bit on. disappointed. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Uh, Who's disappointed. Yeah, come on, there's a birthday coming up, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, payments on sideshow. <laughs> yeah, King Shark was amazing. I yeah. instantly wanted to go and buy that builder figure. Uh, he was fr- freaking awesome. He was really funny, genuinely. Uh, funny you know hand and all that sort of stuff nom nom and yeah i just loved it it was sort of the Groot of the you know dc now and everything uh really cool the other one for me that really improved on this movie compared to the first was rick flag first movie didn't like him he was boring he was generic white guy with a gun like couldn't care less about him this time when and sorry to spoil this for you darren but if I was asking a question, this is where I would have been. <laughs> so when they kill Rick Flag, I was like, "Oh, that's mm. that that stung a bit," you yeah. know. Whereas well, they, they had the whole Mortal Combat kind of finishing I, move I, I with the like, heart. I feel like they did that to go, "Hey guys, no, this he's, is not a fake out. He's, he's dead. actual yeah, dead." Like yeah. that's what the purpose of that shot was. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, you know, and you in that moment, you're rooting for Rick Flag because despite the fact he's you know works for Amanda Waller of all people he's trying to do the right thing he's got a, he's a guy with a conscience which in the first movie he was white bread really yeah um this movie oh, I I loved him I you know I'm sorry to see him go to be honest yeah I James thought G- oh sorry you go Chris yeah I was going to say James Gunn's ability to give heart yep to the characters is what was missing in the first one yep you know like 100% there, there was like he just has a way to do it through humor and nuance and just 
he gets the performances out of his actors that make you connect with them. And that's what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy. And you, you just felt it here. It just felt like a completely different movie. You know, premise essentially the same. Mm. Uh, as you guys were saying, like even some of the characters, the same, just under a different name. Um, but he was able to just make you care for them. So the only thing that I felt jarring in the movie was the subplot of Harley and the revolution leader. Yep. And all of a sudden he wanted to marry her out of nowhere. And I, I thought it was a dream sequence. Mm. And I was like, is Harley going to wake up in prison? And she's imagined <laughs> this crazy scenario with this leader. And it was like, no, that was, that was legit. It, like that, it, it, that for me was a little bit jarring in the movie. It happened too fast, and I reckon mm. overall Harley Quinn got stiffed in this uh, film. Overall, yeah. I just don't think she was as front and center as she was in previous films. Uh, so I think she was the back, you know, burner character. And um, yeah, that's just my opinion. So one thing I will say about um, Harley Quinn in that particular sequence you mentioned, uh, Fresh. When she apparently I was reading afterwards, when she escapes, you know she's she's strung up and she basically strangles that guy with her legs and then gets the, Tar- the, key. the Tarantino scene <laughs> <laughs> with the feet. Yeah. Well, see Apparently she did that all her. That wasn't yeah. a stunt person. She did yeah. that all herself. She did oh, it in wow. one take. And even James Gunn was like, oh, "That's a wrap. Like yeah, we don't we don't need to redo that." She in, gets the key with her foot as with well. her foot and yeah. then puts it in the lock. In the lock. Bang! And he's, she did it all in one take. And and speaking to my wife, she goes. Well, yeah, she did like gymnastics, like as a as a kid. So yep. she had that ability to do that. I was like, oh, then she's the perfect Harley Quinn, really, isn't she? She is. But yeah. that, I mean, and and Chris, your point on the Corto Maltese president or mm. whatever he was, mm. bizarre. Like this movie had so many bizarre plot points, um, mm. that just to me, I like. Uh, maybe that's what this is. It's just a fun comic book silliness, mm. but that didn't make any sense. And again, like her just like shooting him, um, it was another kind of rug moment in my opinion where yeah. it was like, here's the big bad. This guy's going to be, you know, big bad numero uno. And oh no, we'll just kill him because that you're not expecting that. We wouldn't normally do it. And it's like, then just substitute with yeah, the general. Swap, it's yeah. sort of... But, but- like that was though that was the one thing that was good that they gave Harley. Yes. Was yes. Harley would do that. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. is crazy. Like, She's batshit you know, crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, I I'm falling for him, so he's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and before we get another Mr. J, better take him out just in case. Yeah. Um, but it was just they. I I felt they could have set it up better. It just sort of it but really did. Is come that out the of point nowhere. that because it was a nothing plot line? And it was like a build-up for the sake of a gag or maybe to show the character or or whatever. that They they then had to, in the edit, they had to narrow that down because, like, it was a dead end, you know, like... Well, that's why I felt Harley Quinn got stiffed because she she went on this little side mission and it went nowhere. Yeah, Yeah. And, I mean, all she did was escape herself. That was the end, you know, thing when they were coming to save her. Anyway, let's fast-forward a little bit. I want to get to the sort of... uh, uh, Staroid uh, situation. Starro. Starro, Starro. sorry. Starro and the, uh, the... What's the doctor guy? What's uh, his name? The thinker? The thinker, yeah. Mm. I thought he was really cool. And I was sitting there in the when he was in the bar walking around, you know, and you've got all the shots. I'm thinking, how the <laughs> f*** does he... Oh, sorry. How the, how does he sleep at night? Like, how does he lay his head down? So that's he's, he's my, an arch villain. They yeah. sleep fine. Right, right. right. <laughs> Just sleep like stand, a conehead. Standing, standing, standing up, up standing. in a coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Starro was awesome. They yeah. they kept his colors yeah. perfectly and everything. But I love that scene. Like this is the typical mad scientist. He's got people, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, that have Starro's on on them, and they've <laughs> you know extracted them from them. They've you know ripped off limbs Cut and things half, to see yeah. if the Starro can keep the person alive after you know. I think I just love that. It was very Alien Resurrection. Yeah, of it the, was that, you know yeah. different cells and things and just. I, I thought that was fantastic. So uh, really, really cool part for my horror-centric fan base. Yeah. But for <laughs> such a comical thing, that Starro, yeah. yep. the colour scheme, the shape of it him, he's a big star here. And then like he just opens up in between his armpits <laughs> and all these little Starros come out and they're frightening. Like yep. it's this weird, and I don't know if it's a James Gunn thing, but this weird dichotomy of super cute and friendly yep. and then these suckers that go on your face and basically kill you instantly and take over your body. Like yeah. it was this, it was really, I thought it was... Because when they, when they yeah. first come out, there's this moment where it's like, you know, meant to be birds in the sky <laughs> yeah. and everyone's standing around going, wow, that's really pretty. Oh my God, they yep. eat your face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, and that's where, like for me, I think the, the movie with its silliness and ridiculousness set you up to be able to accept yep. a giant starfish <laughs> that's going to come out. And, you know, because when I heard that Starro was going to be the villain of this movie, I almost, like, obviously being a comic book nerd, you know, we know who that is. Yep. You almost couldn't comprehend how it was going to be on screen. <laughs> and you didn't, I didn't personally see a lot of it leading up through trailers or anything like that. I don't recall. They kept it very secret. Yeah. Yeah. And when you watch it, it was like, sure. Like there's Starro and it's the big bad of this movie and it's functional. And in the context of this movie, it makes perfect sense. Yep. And it's absolutely ridiculous and it's fantastic. And there goes a giant talking, walking shark trying to bite it. Um, nom nom. You know, and, you know, there's a kid that can control rats and stuff. You know, yeah. Like that you've got this paternal instinct of wanting to protect her. Like, you know, all these weird things. And somehow it came together and worked. Mm. And that's why I'm like, poor DC. In they finally get one where you're not embarrassed to watch it. It's not. It wasn't a. It certainly wasn't a struggle to watch it. Hmm. You know, it went through quick. It was entertaining, and it didn't make five hundred million. Yeah. You know, it didn't make six, seven hundred million, even by word of mouth, if that was even possible. You know, it's it's going to stall. I think like hmm. it dropped right down this week in the charts, and it's like they can't catch a trick. DC like. <laughs> no, they they can't. They can't. Like they're, they're to snake, be fair, though, I think. Um... Marvel had the same issue with Black Widow, hence mm. the um, court case with Scarlett Johansson and, and you know, the other stuff that, you know, they've got coming up in the pipeline. I think it's a similar sort of deal. It's incredibly interesting to see the big studios putting this stuff out during the pandemic because I was wondering if they'd hold on to it all the way through. Mm. Well, Shang-Chi, which is the next Marvel one, is apparently they've made a big point of saying it's cinema only, it's cinema only. I've heard that. And, and I still feel like even, you know, the giants like Disney haven't quite worked no. out. Do we do a hybrid release? Do we stick to one yeah. format or the other? They're still they're still feeling, feeling their way a little bit. Can I jump in here because we haven't mentioned him yet? A lot of good characters yeah. and we might talk to a few more. Polka Dot Man. Oh, yes. I thought so he good. was so brilliant. To pick just like, I don't know what he is, D-grade, 
C-grade villain, like just yep. this obscure villain. The only time I think I've seen him in any sort of animation is in the Lego Batman yep. movie, right, mm. where he gets a little sort of cameo role. Yep. But how good... What, like, And I thought... Because I, I didn't know much about his polka dot power. But when he kind of melted those guys with oh, flaming polka dots, and they basically just like disintegrated, <laughs> it was just so, so brilliant. Yeah. Like the mind to make that just a melting power. Because it's so yep. fun and happy yep. polka dots. And then they just, they just melt. <laughs> up, up until then, all you'd seen is him, you know, running behind the bushes yeah. and vomiting and yeah. then coming back. And then, you know, a little while later, he's got all the spots again on him. And, he, and they're like, are you okay? Like, are you, you know, he's like literally glowing with uh, polka dots. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just, a, you know, a virus that I need to get rid of. You know, if I don't vomit twice a day or whatever, I, you know, I, I'm going to explode or, you know. Yeah. It just, yeah, it was hilarious. And you actually felt for the character. You, did. you really did yep. and he was a sort of dividing point to um bring down starro so and the whole seeing mm. his mum his mum well, like, yes so, yeah. bu- so bizarre like yeah. I, i'd love to know is that from the comics or did they come up with that for the movie that he sees his mum and that enrages him like it was i don't know it was fascinating yeah and i feel like perfect casting oh. with him as well i was reading yeah. about him apparently during the filming particularly and again darren bit of a spoiler coming up but right before his final scene i'm a hero i'm a superhero yeah. well he was apparently really struggling because yeah. they were actually filming on location on an island somewhere right uh and his son was apparently quite ill at home and at this point they've assembled you know a cast of hundreds of extra you know all the military guys and stuff so he literally couldn't leave, you know, otherwise he would have shut down production on this massive movie. Right. James Gunn didn't know what was actually happening, but he just, he had a sense Still, that he yeah. wasn't right and stuff. And he said, look, man, you know, basically took him under his wing, said, you can do this. And that line, I'm, I'm a superhero, when he was cast, apparently he's known James Gunn forever. He wrote this big, uh, you know, Instagram message or whatever it was to James Gunn saying, thank you, you know, my kid's going to love this, finally. I'm a superhero. And so when he delivers that line, you oh, sit there wow, and go, the emotion. oh man, it's like right in the feels. And, and I kind of suspected they would do that with, as you said, a degrade character like this, you made him a bit of a, a heart of the movie. Yeah. Like it's so, so good. Yeah. He was brilliant. And Peace, Peacemaker, like I was very dubious about John Cena yep. being in a movie. And, <laughs> and he, um, I, he he played the role perfectly. He was great. Like, yeah, he was such a dick, and I mean, for all know. the right reasons. And yeah. For, yeah. For, he just yeah. I'm genuinely intrigued now to see this uh, spin-off series uh, that he's got. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, like he was like truly like scary as well. Yes, mm. you know, yep. that, like you you believed that he wasn't going to miss. You know, if he fired at you and the rivalry um, that he had, and like to the way they built up Ratcatcher number two and sorry, I'm forgetting Idris Elba's character's name. Um, Bloodsport. Blood yeah. Uh, Bloodsport. Yeah. Thank you. Um, like the way you had that paternal instinct and then Peacemaker so, uh, um, being able to play off that. I, I felt they built that really well. And like, and Ratcatcher number two, like I felt that <laughs> paternal wanting to protect her mm. and I, and but telling her a scene about her dad and stuff, and then like spoiler alert, you know the reveal that it's Taika Waititi. Yeah, so good. Um, I loved it. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I just thought it was really good. And um, like for anybody that's fearful of watching Suicide Squad because the first one was such a letdown, 
this is so different from what the first one was yep. that put that out of your mind. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I'm going to write if uh, in the next Ninja Turtles film that Taika Waititi's not the Rat King. Like, I'm just <laughs> going to write. So, just got to say that. Good call. Mm. <laughs> All right, we might we're gonna have to uh, spin things up. Uh, any anything else? Any big shout outs or anything? Oh, uh, look, I, I did get. Well, are we what are we doing? Show until next. I'll just touch briefly on this, but I did get the wave of figures. Oh, um, okay. And I got the uh, there's four that make up the Builder Shark King Shark. Mm. So you get basically the Harlequin in a red kind of Corto Maltese dress, um, Peacemaker, Bloodsport, and Polka Dot Man. And then there are two other versions of the. You get masked versions for regular ones. You can get un- unmasked mm. Bloodsport and unmasked Peacemaker, which I got, which I I quite like these McFarlane figures. I think they're movie lines. Like, I, I sort of want to get most of the movie line stuff because I think they're nice representations of the film. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really notice, Ben, to your point, the colour scheme thing. I have to kind of go back and look at that. But for the price point yep. and the size of that builder figure, I think they're, they're a really nice buy. Mm-hmm. So what do I they go cool. for? Well, here I picked them up at a little store called Mad Zombie, um, yep. and they're forty five dollars Australian each. Um, so whatever that makes it one eighty for five figures, um, and they're a good so, like sort of seven inch yeah, scale. It's a little bit bigger than a, your average Marvel Legends. Bigger than a Legends, yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, look, I I I loved it. I I thought it was. Um, it was zany enough to, as you said, fresh. Forget about the first one altogether. I, part of the, I think, even it was a clever, even though it was questioned at the time, bit of a clever marketing move to just simply brand it almost the same name, just put a the in front of it, just enough to differentiate. They didn't call it Suicide Squad Two because this was in effect mm. a reboot, and I think that was really uh, a good move and, and important to the movie. You know, I, I was reading again that at one stage Superman was set to be the the villain of this movie, and you I have the Suicide too. Squad fighting Superman. Uh, James Gunn is is brilliant enough to have somehow made that work, even though Superman, by all rights, should have crushed them. Uh, what do we get instead? We get Starro because why the hell not? Like, um, yeah, I I thought it was really good. The spin off stuff, I you know could take or leave. I thought John Cena was good. But him, he works best in a bit of an ensemble when he's got someone to play off. Him being the lead guy in a series, I uh, don't know. We'll have to see it. The one, one probably big quibble I did have with the movie was, and yes, I use the word quibble, was Amanda Waller's uh, staff, you know, bashing her in the head because they didn't like what she was doing. I'm sorry, I don't think there's any version where when yeah. Amanda Waller comes to, she doesn't just shoot them all. Yeah, 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 that's like, right. I, I felt that was a bit of a... I, I get but, why they did it, and they, they led up to it really nicely, yeah. but they're all like thrown in the biggest, blackest, deepest hole that Amanda Waller could find 100%. the second she wakes up. Go. I think what we're seeing there is the supporting cast for the Peacemaker show. Ah. Like, that's what... It, I, I, you know, because they appeared in the scene as well, Yep. Um, I just thought like maybe they wanted us to have a little bit of attachment to these people because the office sending him out on jobs may be how the show plays yeah, out. Sure. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I could be wrong, but you know, no, I'm just it's very, but... very good uh, call. Yeah. They could be like the Oracle type thing and you know, yeah. so he doesn't get in the, trouble. Be the guys in the chair. Yeah, exactly. And DC stop trying to make us hate Superman in movies. <laughs> like what is it with them? <laughs> like enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, for me, look, it was a fun film to see, but too many plot holes and too many things just were silly because 
you know, like even just the the office people making the bets about who's going to die. Like it's it's a fun, silly thing to have, but that's not how that world would play out, in my opinion. Like what they've set up before it, mm. and if you look at Suicide Squad, and it's a more serious take, then you see the James Gunn view, and it kind of goes a bit a bit silly and a bit wacky. It felt it felt like it wasn't part of that universe. It just and the plot, like sending this these teams in, like sending Rick Flag in with the real suicide team, that doesn't make any sense. He's one of he works for them. He's not a criminal, is he? Rick yeah, Flag yeah. yep. was Fair never call. a criminal. Yep. Why put him with the one that's gonna get wiped out and then send the team the other team to go rescue him? Like that's mm. batshit crazy to start with. Mm. And and like why send this team in to get like a hard drive from a building that surely they can just send in I don't know. Just bomb the place. <laughs> bomb that, would, that would create an international incident, though. But it's got like, a fucking star <laughs> roll in it. Like it's just You're making two me birds, work for the stone. editing today. I don't you? know. To, yeah. I, I don't know. Like to me, the 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 plot suffered so much from believability, which that, that's fine if this is kind of like its own thing standalone. But it is. It is kind of set in the DC universe. Or oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a uh, it's yeah. a shift. The, the, the concept to... the concept of the DC universe is squiffy at best at the I moment. Know, but like, this this yeah. film I think is just complete standalone. Yeah. Gun yeah. has it, it, started it and finished it's it not, on a though, you know but like, I, bookends. It, it, I think it's got char- I know they just tried to tiptoe around the first film. But it's got characters from the first film. It's got the, the Trent, same character yeah. played by the same actors. Trent, it you, did my you, head you in. The, Am I overthinking to, it? I know, you, you're <laughs> overthinking it. You had to switch off. DC <laughs> are about to do a Flash movie with two Batmen <laughs> that will have nothing to do with the Batman. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I honestly think this was a walk-in, switch-off, yep. enjoy movie. Yep. Like I, I know where you're coming from. I, I, I guess it's just whatever approach you took going in. And I, I took in expecting something crazy and fun, or hoping for that. Mm-hmm. And it I felt it delivered on that. Yeah. So I sort of walked out a satisfied customer. Cut, copy, paste what Chris just fed. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, it was a great popcorn film. Exactly what I expected. Gun behind the uh, reel. And, it, you know, just lived up to my expectations of finally we see some people die you know you, yep. you can't yeah, fall in yeah, love true. with that character because who knows if they're going to survive mm-hmm. the film uh, i thought the uh, after credit scene was a complete waste of time though and oh. should never have been well uh, that was purely for the, the setup for the series really. <sighs> what waste. was it i didn't see it was it. um oh. it was the weasel waking up and uh coughing oh i did see that uh, coughing and, and oh is that the very that's the end end one yeah. is it oh, yeah, i got yeah. confused is there yeah, another one is john cena dead no, so you no, see, there's one no. sort of mid credits, which right. is John. C- they find John Cena and he's in the hospital, yep. and the two two of the guys from the office, as Chris was saying, the the big guy and the the blonde chick, basically go, "Oh, we're now his handlers," and like, you know, this is Waller punishing us. So they're set uh, off to work. Right. So that's okay. clearly a, a setup to the Peacemaker show. And and, right. and a nurse goes, "Oh, he's a hero," and yeah. they're like, "No, oh, he's an asshole." Right. Um. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then the very, very end one, as Ben was saying, Weasel all of a sudden wakes up on the beach because he's not dead. He just stopped breathing for an undetermined <laughs> well, he amount was, of time. Um, yeah, unconscious or yeah. Uh, whatever. Cause, yeah. cause he's, a, he's a weirdo, but that's no worse than the Avengers eating um, Suvlaki. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's run around the room, uh, rating out of 19, starting with Chris. I'll go 17 and a half out of 19. 13, because I probably overthought it. Maybe on the second <laughs> second go, I'll I'll go in with a fresh take. 
Uh, I'm going to go 16. I enjoyed it. Yeah, solid 16. Nice. Very good. All right. We're going to move in to some show and tell. Show and tell. All right. Uh, Darren, what have you brought in today? Something that's uh, pretty hard to army build, I think. Fairly hard to army build. It's the Skellicon from the Master Universe Classics line, which accompanied the Roton um, in a uh, box set uh, towards the end of Maddie Collector's run with Master Universe Classics. When uh, when we talked about bringing um, something in, I thought, to me, this seemed like the one, because we've just seen it animated for the first time in Master Universe Revelation, and, and I you know, truly love seeing, seeing them animated in that. And I thought, you know, it's, it's a reminder of what a big moment that is but also an acknowledgement of what classics was able to give us um, figures that had a history within the franchise you know these go back all the way back to the ladybird books um and from the 80s and you know give us those characters that we you know often grew up wanting in the vintage line but never had or or just you know thought that they were always a gap because they never never made it into a previous Masters line. So that was my choice. So for someone who's got no idea what we're talking about, briefly describe it to someone who's never seen one of these, Darren. So it's a blue-looking um, um, dude. Um, a blue-looking dude, all right, blue cool. blue-looking dude <laughs> with some purple on it, um, somewhat like Skeletor, but different. There's um, some feathers on it and, and some horns and a pretty... Looks like an alligator skull face, is what yeah. I call it. Alligator bird, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'd say more the bird. Yeah, yeah. More, more like with a horns. Bird. Yeah, I think, yeah, with a pretty long beak. There you go. Yeah, very uh, cool. Very cool. Big fan of him. I think he's awesome. Now, yeah. tell us about... So this this is at the end of Classics, right? When uh, Mattel... Uh, Super 7 take it over, right? But this is when... Still a Mattel product. Now, pairing a Skellicon which if you look at the Ladybird books, is an army builder. Like So he's a Skeletor troop, essentially. The logic to put it with a Roton, which was an expensive vehicle, what what went wrong there from Mattel's point of view in terms of, like, it's, it's money for jam, isn't it? Well, Putting these things on a single card. Absolutely, or even in a two-pack, yep. um, army builder two-pack. Now, Scott Knightleck, um, also known as Twiggeroo, who was the brand manager for most of Master Universe Classics run, he has talked about this issue in um, one of his YouTube videos that he actually designed the the two pack and the plan was to have a um, Skelcon released on a single card as well. It was going to be a bit more based on the Master Universe um, Classics mini comics where the the vision was that it would have detachable wings. Nice, oh, okay. give um, me some wings. So it would have differentiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have differentiated enough. Um, that you still might want the Roton one that doesn't have anywhere for removable wings. Um, Give me skeleton bat wings. Yes. On it, right. <laughs> so um, that that was the original intent, and and then of course Scott got a got another job, and he left Mattel, and they went through upteen um, brand managers in, in the like year or so that they had classics after and Maddie Collector after he left, and. Um, for whatever reason. Lost the memo. Yeah, mm. something's made it. There's a whole list of things he talks about in one of his videos that, that would have come out in that was that final year because he'd planned a much deeper deeper year rather than the, just the six months worth. Of, you know, 
you know, how they did it, where it was one month it was Classics, the other month it was Club Grascar. Well, you know, he originally intended that it would, um, you know, Classics would have gone the whole year alongside Club Grascar mm. rather than yep. rather than just seven Classics figures. You would have got like 13. Right. Very good. It's a cool figure. Um, very nicely sculpted. The feathers look great. So, yes. Yeah, very, very cool. All right. Uh, now, I've brought in... This is uh, going way, way back. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take you back on a little journey. <laughs> for those of the, you that have followed the uh, the Toy Power journey, um, for, for like what got me back into collecting, you'll know I, I started off in a little store called Movie Maniacs and I picked up the vintage Dick Tracy figure. That got me back into kind of vintage collecting. One of... And then, like, once once I'd, you know, broken the seal, it was, it was like, <laughs> what else is in this kind of vintage toy store? And one of the very... I mean, one of the lines I loved in the early 90s was Batman the Animated Series by Kenner. And I, I, I was probably what that came out around, 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been, you know... 10, 11, getting, getting a little bit old for toys, but managed to sneak in a few. But going back to Movie Maniacs, they had Machine Gun Joker. On Mint on Card, they also had a Harley Quinn. Yeah, they were released um, in the same wave. Yes, released in the same wave, and they were there. This is in the late 90s. And just getting back into collecting, so I couldn't resist picking up the Mint on Card version of, of Machine Gun Joker, who is, I think, probably about the fourth... About the fourth Joker figure to come out in that line, or thereabouts. You had kind of like Laughing Gas Joker, and then you had Mask of the Phantasm. There was a Jetpack Joker, Pogo Stick Joker. But for me, those first few came out with this kind of weird blue face. And if you watch the animation, Joker always has a a white face. Mm. Like, it's very, very typical. And I think it was... This, to me, was my kind of definitive Joker. He corrected it. He corrected it. He's got the white face. He's wearing the, the beautiful kind of trench coat. He's got a grey hat. Um, and he comes with a, a Joker dynamite stick and a machine gun. Um, so just one of one of the very early figures that got me back into kind of vintage collecting. Now, I do have to ask. You said mint on card. I did. That's not looking very mint on card this is to a, me. No, this is a loose one. And this is, this is one line. That I collect both mint on card and loose. Oh, the so double! I brought in, I brought in the the loose version, but um, and I can see the jacket doesn't come off. But does the hat come off? No, not right. removable. So sculpted yep. on. Yeah. Um, but the new Mattel ones, they uh, you can uh, pack them out, can't you? You can take the jacket on and off. The new DC Direct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a yep. um, DC Direct did a line based on Batman the Animated Series in sort of a six six inch seven inch scale. And they did an ultimate right. Joker, mm. yep. um, which had, I think, about seven different the facial heads. experiments. Yeah, yeah. And that one had a removable uh, trench coat and arms that were removable, I think, as well, that mm. you could put in the grey sleeves. So, yeah, essentially, they got to him by cool. virtue of, yep. of, of that function, yeah. Step into a Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah. Fantastic. All right, Chris, what do you got? in store Alrighty. for us so i got two but they come together um hopefully you guys can see mm. oh now, nice what, now what these are uh they're wwf hasbro figures from the 90s um and they're the smoking guns and the reason i'm showing them is they're horrible figures i don't <laughs> like them i wasn't a smoking guns fan but 
I just recently reacquired them. Um, I'm like a lot of collectors. I've had a collection. I've turned over a collection. I've rebuilt a collection. So like my collection has sort of flowed over the years. And Hasbro's is something that stood out to me of something I'd like to get the full set of. Now, you think that would be, you know, not too bad, but recently we've seen vintage toys have shot up in price. But something that's always been expensive are the final wave of WWF Hasbro figures, which are known as the Green Card series. There's the Smoking Guns, there's the 123 Kid, there's Yokozuna, there's Adam Bomb, Ludwig Borger, and Evil Crush. And the reason these are famous is they didn't really hit the shelves in America but they got dumped in Australia. So I can vividly remember around 1995, maybe even 96, you couldn't walk into Kmart without seeing racks of them. And they got clearanced out for around $4.55. Like you couldn't give them away. And it was like, oh, look at these figures. They're not that great. What's the big deal? And you just took them for granted that they were there. You know, you reluctantly bought them because, you know, you could just put your hand and take change out of your pocket and and buy them. And I would later on meet friends through wrestling. And I met a friend who used to order stuff in from America before it was easy to do. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, those Hasbro figures. I used to just get one green card set and people would trade me three sets of the others (laughs) in exchange. And I was like, you're kidding. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, they never came out in America and the Americans go wild for it. And so in this day and age, like the smoking guns, which were $5, are now valued loose anywhere between four dollars to $600. Wow. Whoa. Please yeah. tell me you didn't pay that much for them. No, uh, I, I, got, I got lucky. Um, the, I love that the, payments. Yeah, the, the the one two three kid who just as recently as a couple of years ago i i had some toys i wanted to get rid of and i couldn't be bothered selling so i went into go figure collectibles down here in melbourne and i said oh, do you, i'll do a trade-in you know like mm-hmm. what have you gotten he i looked around there wasn't much to grab me and i said do you have any wwf hasbro stuff and he goes I do, and it was sort of, I could tell he wasn't keen on <laughs> moving <laughs> him on. Over. <laughs> and I saw the one, two, three kid, and I was like, and I was thinking in my head, he's probably worth 100, 120. I said, how about give me the kid and we'll call it even. Hmm. And he said, no worries. So I've checked sold listings. The one, two, three kid loose currently is going for around $2,000. Oh, <laughs> So Aussies, I'm telling you, if you had a wrestling collection and you've got these figures just sitting around somewhere and you're, you're not really interested in them, I tell you, list them. Sitting you on a gold mine. Money. Wow. You know, I, I want them just because I've got nostalgia for it and I want to complete the, complete the collection. You know, they're going to sit on my shelves. You know, the, the value is more of an annoyance to me yeah. because yeah. they're the ones I sort of have to try and get my hands on. Mm. And they're so expensive. And they were just sitting here for like five dollars for <laughs> like like you couldn't give them away. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I just got the smoking guns. I've got two more green card figures to go. Um, Yokozuna and Crush and that horrible series that was pretty much only in Australia, I'll be done with. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well done. 
That's, That's a great story. So if anyone has any at home, you can send them to Fresh Ad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your trade. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. All right, I might go next. Uh, I brought in uh, Skeletor from the Rise of Evil two-pack. It's almost like you're a fan of Skeletor or no, something. I, I am a little bit because he, <laughs> um, yeah, this one in particular is absolutely fantastic. I've just dropped his sword, so that's somewhere on, under the couch. But uh, <laughs> uh, this Skeletor really piqued my interest because he, you know, he comes in the pack with as Keldus, as Keldor, right? With yeah. the Keldor, the long 2000X um, sort of hair flow and things. Undertaker Keldor. Yeah, Undertaker. that's right. <laughs> and um, the Skeletor head is a extra head that you get in the pack. And the cool thing about this head is he's got jewels for eyes. And as Frank said, it's like light piping is coming through uh, his eye sockets and really lighting his red eyes up. It looks so freaking cool. But the other wicked uh, aspect about this Skeletor is he's got like power energy on his staff, on his Havoc staff and on his sword, as well as his chest emblem all being a green colour. And that it fades from the bottom of the uh, sword and the uh, Havoc staff. It starts off purple, regular colour, and then fades up to green in this perfect, beautiful transition. And that alone, I was just like, I've got to get this Skeletor. I have to get it. Mm. And it was just so damn expensive to import uh, any of these Rise of Evil 2-packs over. Uh, and it came with Kronos, which is um, Trapjaw. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, Amazon had them up for, I think, $85 or something, 80 bucks or whatever. Uh, so about a month ago, I finally got mine in the post and um, very happy days. And I honestly... I couldn't give a rat's about uh, Kronos, and I know that's going to annoy a few people, <laughs> but he is essentially a, a accessory to this Skeletor. This Skeletor <laughs> is so good uh, to the point that I haven't even taken the zip ties off um, Kronos in my you know plastic-sealed prison type thing. I've only ripped out uh, Skeletor. And I was really excited because I had a regular origin Skeletor, and I was going to, you know, pop the Keldor head on the regular one and swap out because it's got the uh, wrist straps and the um, regular boots instead of the monster boots. Uh, but the colours, the face colours of the blue shades are different colours to the regular Origins. Mm. So I was like, oh, they've um, smart can you buggers. Put that head on the skeleton? I can, and but it doesn't look as head. good. But then I had a need to change the armour. and right. uh, But... I just like the little embellishments with the uh, wrist armor and things. It really make you know mm. makes it pop even more. Uh, the colors of the armor and things are different. Yeah, okay. Colors. So once you put the regular Skeletor armor, it's a different shade of purple to the uh, right. wrist gauntlets and the boots. Uh, but I've heard that the battle armor Skeletor is the correct shade of blue for anyone playing at home. Uh, so there's that aspect. But, the, you know, again, they're just like, oh, more money, more money, more money. For a line that I wasn't going to collect, <laughs> I now have three and uh, including uh, plus Kronos in his plastic prison. So yeah. how, how does it rate? In terms of Skeletors, I, that, that I, particular version. I rate this super high. Like, this is, uh, as, you know, on, on the same level of, as classics, in my opinion. It's mm. just oh, a, wow. a beautiful rendition, a new take on Skeletor. You know, we've seen Dragon Blaster, we've seen Battle Armor, we've seen all those characters. I love new versions of yeah. the, the characters that we've grown to love. Yep. And just, it's amazing what a little bit of, you know, paint can do to a character. This is sort of my you know, apprentice Hordak, you know, uh, Skeletor in, in, you know, 
I just I just think he's so cool. And uh, I didn't never knew I needed jewels in Skeletor's eyes until <laughs> I saw this guy. So uh, the the face, the green blending on, on his skull is just beautiful. You know, sometimes you've got that sharp green, green versus outline. yellow. Yep. This is just well, really well done. They've obviously spent a little bit more time on this character than just um, a mass production. Very cool. Mm. Mm, nice. I, I um I grabbed that two pack around the same time, um and I I love Kel, I've loved Keldor ever since the 2000X series, um so I was so excited to have that figure, but I've had to leave it in packet because that Kronos is like it's getting shoved in the garage somewhere. Like I'll never see it again <laughs> if I open it. So <laughs> I, think that, I think like that's just going to be a cool set that in 10 years time, hopefully I look at it and go, Oh, I'm really happy. I kept that in packet. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it's a cool double pack. Um, and the art. Yeah. On Cause it. I'm with you. I'm with you about Crow. Like, I love trap jaw. I like trap jaw without his jaw. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. see, in the classics version, I've got Trapdoor, you know, in one shelf, and then I've got Kronos and Keldor and all that on the other shelf. So I've sort of got my yeah. perfect rendition of Kronos. I don't need a Origins one, and I certainly yeah. don't need him holding a gun and things like that. It just doesn't look nearly as cool as the uh, classics. So, mm. whereas this one is in a league of its own, I think this Skeletor. Nice. Well, as the only other person who brought a regular human to the table, as opposed to clown princes of crime and, you know, uh, weird creatures from Eternia, I have got my recently acquired Super 7 uh, Wave 3 April O'Neil figure to show off today. Now, you might go, that's a strange choice, considering Wave 3 had some heavy hitters like Metalhead and Rocksteady. And don't forget Mikey. Um, well, I said heavy hitters. So, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> it's on. Um, no, look, I, I will point to Mikey. Um, he actually caused me to change all the heads on the, my, the Raph oh, and wow, the Leo that have I have. From the toyetic ones to the, you know, more generic ones, if you will. Because, honestly, the toy head for Mikey just didn't do it for me. But the Super 7 sculpted one that is just their own creation, it looks so much better. It really blends that that piece of, I'm, I'm wild and crazy, but I'm having a good time all in, in the one yep. face sculpt. I think it's brilliant. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Mikey. We're here to talk about April. Now, she's the one who, if you saw some of the pics and concern online, that had a bit of people up in arms they said she was too shiny she looked like a barbie doll the joints weren't right i'm telling you they're all wrong because those anyone who critiques it doesn't have this figure in hand i think the sculpting works really well ben and i were looking at it before and goes do you know what they what's really easy for toy companies to do these days is, is to make her a you know a pin-up girl and and have the you know a huge bum and a huge chest and all this stuff they've actually sculpted it really well you sit it alongside the vintage figure and it holds up remarkably well in terms of her proportions, her size, um, the head sculpt. She comes with um, two. She comes with a again a, a Super Seven version of the head out of the box. That one looks a little bit too like it's trying to be the animation, yeah. but it's sort of not. The other head she comes with is more like the toy, but has a little headset on it. Annoyingly, when I pop that one out of the blister pack. Some of the paint sort of stuck to the top. So uh. I'd probably have that as my default head, to be honest. But except for that paint thing, most people will never see it, but I'll know it's there. Yeah. 
Um, look, she comes with all the accessories, as you'd expect from these Ultimates figures. Of course, the camera on the world's smallest tripod, but importantly, <laughs> the, the camera does have the ridiculous gun yes. thing awesome. that comes out of it, just like the original toy. I don't know about you, but whenever I see that feature, I just think of... Um, oh, what's that Arnie movie with the um, plane and... I'm really not doing a good job of describing it here, am I? Um, True Lies. Uh-huh. Yep. And there's the scene yep. where they're uh, you know, in the building and the journalist, who's actually one of the agents, pulls a gun out of his camera and bang, bang. And I'm like, so April's like that? That's yeah. awesome. Um, no, look, she's, she's really, really cool. She's got the Turtles logo on the back. She's got a Channel 6 press pass. The briefcase. The briefcase, yeah, she comes with that. She comes with Ninja Stars and a million different hands because it's an Ultimates figure. I she just think she, as well, yeah, TurtleCom. You got an open and closed one, as opposed to one that sort of um, has articulation. Got a microphone, of course. Comes with a classic flashlight, of course, that the original figure come with. Um, you know, don't believe the haters is my message yeah. to anyone who's on the figure. fence about yeah. this figure. It looks really, really good. So I haven't opened my Super Seven Turtles because mm. um, I, I love the packaging so much. Like it's. I'm going to have to for space-wise, I think, eventually, but yeah. I just love how they're displayed in the box. How do they, like, I love the idea of the NECA stuff, but the Q, the quality control issues kill yeah. me. 100%. Like, they really do. Like, I've got so much da- damaged figures just trying to get them out of packaging stuff. How does the Super 7 stuff hold up? Like, I know you said a bit of paint stick. Look, that, like, yeah, apart that's, from that. that's probably the first issue I've had, and that's really my own doing, right? That's not a knock on, on Super 7. Um, I've had a couple of little loose uh, hip joints and yep. probably maybe two uh, across the, the three waves that I've got now. Um, and part of that, uh, annoyingly, is just some of the, the, the weight of some of these figures. Rocksteady in particular is just bananas as far as how much that massive head of his weighs. Um, yep, that's the one. And you you know, when you get all four in the box and you and, and they're they're upright you so you can't tell which is which. You know which one it is when you pick him up because he weighs mm. twice as much as the April figure. Um look, I'm really happy with them, no quality concerns. The I find the pegs when you pull the ha- to swap the hands are much smaller than what you might expect, certainly for a legends or a classics or anything like that. Um but they, I haven't had any breakages on them, to be completely honest. So awesome! I've got them in sort of dynamic poses. We'll, uh, I'll show you the shelf once we're once we're done recording here, Chris. Um, but yeah, very very happy with them. Did we all get our shipping notifications for Judith Hogue? No, uh, no, Not actually. Yet. Oh, I got mine. I've oh, seen really? some popping up, so that's good. Yeah, yeah good news. Yeah, she, she's she's on the way, and um, fingers crossed, she escapes from her plastic prison safe and sound. <laughs> and like, it's sort of like if I can just get Tatsu, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm done. I, I, I don't want to know about it anymore, and I'm free. <laughs> deal with it anymore, and like uh, Ninja Turtles three can go jump. Like, like, not, not interested. I missed out on Danny. Like, just give me Tatsu, yep. and I'll be okay. I, 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 I think I might even skip Unmask Casey, although it's tempting. Yeah, but, it does yeah. look good. I'm I'm just in for the uh, purple Secret of the Ooze shredder. So uh, yeah, oh, yeah maybe yeah. two shredder. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah, sure. Very yeah. keen. I'm not going to go deep on those bloody. Oh god, of those bloody um, you know, f- fifteen versions of uh, Super Shredder. <laughs> uh, it just that just annoyed that legit annoyed ridiculous. annoyed me. That is just money gouging. You know, yeah. it, fair enough if they did it as a you know San Diego Comic Con version yeah. or something like that. But for just regular releases after releases after releases, it's just 
kind of like it's a, bit a bit of a slap in the mm. face. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. Well, that's some awesome show and tell. I can't wait to get over to that shelf, Frank, because I'm seeing Metalhead and no all touchy. sorts of things. No <laughs> touchy. They look good. <laughs> Metalhead looks like he wants to touch something with his magic finger. <laughs> so. T- the tickler. The tickler. The t- yeah, he's got the tickler. <laughs> Speaking of the tickler, if you tune into the latest um, Toy Anxiety episode, there's plenty of tickler talk. Oh, I haven't listened to that one yeah, yet. Yeah, it's mm. hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. I think there is a, one of the new ghosts. Yeah. I think oh, maybe one, called, okay. Is he called the tickler? Uh, I thought it was the one they were the talking one. about. Yeah. <laughs> it anyway, was. It's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, where can everyone find you? Okay. Um, well, you can find me at Chris Fresh on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on a very not safe for anywhere podcast called geek dudes and you can find geek dudes at geek dudes on twitter and instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek dudes for all you boomers out there (laughs) (laughs) nicely done and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts yeah thanks man insightful as always learnt a lot speaking to you on uh on movies and cinema releases so great to have you on board my friend and we can't wait to talk again soon yeah, always happy to do a better job than um, Davey when talking about movies. Um, and, um, yeah, Casey, I'll catch up with you later. <laughs> giggity, giggity. <laughs> Big shout out to all our patrons. Thank you so much for your ongoing support and chatter on the Discord and to all our um, downloaders. Thank you again for tuning in to Toy Power. We'll see you around the toy aisles. And everyone, take care and stay safe. Um if you're in a lockdown or even if you're not, just take um, take care and stay safe wherever you are. There's a lot, lot of crazy stuff happening out there in the world right now. So please look after yourselves and your loved ones. And until next time. Good, good journey. journey. <laughs> well done, my friend. We got the backup vocalist going. We did. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's so exciting trying to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> did well so with the just, lag, I've got to say. I'm, like, I'm, on the edge of my seat waiting for the until next time. <laughs> and, and as Free Guy would say, don't have a good journey, have a great journey. Oh. <laughs> you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but they're yeah. <laughs>